1: It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click williamsoncadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagaki. All
0: right, welcome back. Hour number two of the show. Welcome to the program, Joe Zagaki, Don Bailey Jr., You all right over there, partner? I'm good, Joseph. All right. Glad to see you. Uh, Good to see you. Um, We're going to talk now with the University of Miami's new offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley. So we're going to have a change in offense. Got a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach.
2: I I like the description. Fast, physical, and balanced.
0: We're going to have to have an all season of our own because they're going to go so fast. We have to figure out our own routine of how much time we can talk in between plays.
2: Coach is putting us out of business. I
0: I imagine there's going to be a whole lot of time. At any rate, uh, in the championship game twice with Auburn, uh, one of the nation's leaders, wherever he was in offense, and joining us now, University of Miami Offensive Coordinator, uh, Coach Rhett Lashley. Coach, good evening. Welcome to Miami. Thanks for being with us.
1: Hey Joe, Don. Glad to be on. Appreciate it. Yeah,
0: thank you. And uh very excited uh to see this change in the Miami offense and uh watched your offenses very closely at Auburn, uh wherever you have been as a matter of fact. But uh why do you think this is a good fit now for you and for the University of Miami?
1: Well, I think it's just a fit from the standpoint of I know, you know, Coach Diaz is is one to uh to do something, you know, up tempo and spread the field and try to get the the South Florida playmakers and the guys we currently have on our roster in space. And um, that just so happens to be kind of my background and what I've done really since I was a player uh, way back in high school with Gus Malzahn. And so, you know, I believe in, in uh, playing fast, spreading the field, getting your guys in space and and really doing what your guys can do. And um, so I think it's just a good fit, obviously a place like uh, the university of Miami that's got such a history with five national championships Ah, uh, the who's who at every position of phenomenal players in the past so you know it can be done you know greatness can be achieved um you know so i'm excited to get to work
2: coach explain to our listeners that this is not a finesse offense if they hadn't seen it it's yeah. far from finesse
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah i mean i think a lot of times you know i don't even know what you call our offense i mean people call it the spread fine um you know we're going to spread the field but um, you know, we're predicated on balance. And, you know, like I told our players last night in the first time I got to meet with them is uh, make no mistake, there's nothing finesse about it. We want to be tough at every position. Uh, we want to be physical. You know, I believe you got to throw the ball to score and run the ball to win. And, um, you know, that's just a fancy way of saying you got to be balanced and be able to take what the defense gives you. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, we want to have a physical hard edge at every position. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that when we play that, that our identity is we're fast and physical and it's that simple.
0: We are at a spot now, coach, in uh, in football, both in college and in the NFL. You watched the uh, the games earlier this uh, this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs score you know, fifty one straight points. <laughs> right. You got to score. That's the yeah. name of the game right now. Score. Uh, it used to be good pitching stops, good hitting, good defense stops, good offense. Now it's you score. You hit home runs in in baseball, yeah. and you hit home runs in football, right?
1: Yeah, I think just over the years, you know, uh, people have adjusted and say, man, we got really good athletes, let's get them in space, and and put a lot of pressure on defenses to tackle them and cover them in one-on-one situations, and even really good defenses, it's hard to tackle in space, it's hard to cover people in space, and so I think that's the way the game's evolved, both at the college and the professional level, and at the end of the day, too, now, something you said, I mean, there's no question the teams that are still around in the NFL have real quarterbacks, and you know, you've got to have good production at that position. Um, I don't care what kind of offense you're running. So it's no coincidence that the style of play, um, you know, fits really talented players, and that's what we want to do. But you got to have someone that's consistent uh, and efficient at that quarterback position to make it go.
2: And, Coach, the tight end is a part of this offense or a slash playmakers, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about the University of Miami and, you know, think of all the great tight ends that have come through here. And, uh, you know, I was – uh, I'm inheriting some really good tight ends on our roster right now, you know, which I think uh, fit exactly well with what we want to do. I uh, had a tight end this past year I was who had almost 50 receptions over 700 yards and nine touchdowns. So, um, you know, those guys, if they can be matchup problems, they really give you a lot of versatility. Uh, you can play with some tempo and being a lot of multiple personnel. And so, you know, quarterbacks, running backs, O-line receivers, they get a lot of the attention. But if you've got a real productive, versatile guy at the tight end spot, which I believe we have a couple of those guys, um, you know, it's kind of the glue that holds everything together and gives you a lot of flexibility.
0: Offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, is our guest here on the Hurricane Hotline. Coach, you mentioned quarterback. Uh, it's been a little bit of a dilemma for us at the University of Miami. And of course, I think if you play quarterback at the University of Miami, uh, it comes with some other other pressures because you're kind of judged like an NFL player in this town and of course there's been been great players at that position great history so it does take I think a unique player to play quarterback in Miami maybe a little more unique than some others I don't know I I imagine other schools can make their argument but I know what it's like around here what what are you looking for from that position from the guys you have right now
1: yeah I mean there's no question it's uh it's It's a privilege. It's not a right to be the quarterback at the University of Miami. And that's the thing those guys got to understand. Um, You know, whether it's someone currently on our roster and got new guys coming in, you know, we're going to be searching to find a guy who's a leader, um, who can earn the respect of his teammates, uh, who can lead our offense. At the end of the day, there's a bunch of different ways to do it, whether it's, you know, guys I've had in the past like Cam Newton and Nick Marshall or a guy like Shane Bichelle this year and all in between. Um, you know, we can be successful with different kind of guys, but we need a leader, we need a winner, we need a guy who makes those around him better. Um, and then we can get into, you know, is he a good thrower? Is he a runner? Both, and all those things. But um, you know, we got to be more productive. We got to be more efficient. The guys know that. And look, uh, you know, there's a lot of work ahead of us at every position. You know, talk is cheap. People don't really care what you say. They care what you do. And so, um, you know, our guys. That was the message last night. We got a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, but that's what's going to make it more rewarding at the end when we uh, you know, get the results we need.
2: Coach, in general terms, how does this offense, in theory, lower the sack total?
1: Well, you know, we want to get the ball out quick. You know, we're not trying to hold the ball. And uh, don't get me wrong, we like throwing it vertically down the field. But I think there's sometimes a misconception to throw the ball down the field that you've got to hold it and throw it 50 and 60 yards in the air. And, um, I think this year I saw we were, you know, third in the country in plays of over 30 yards or more. And sometimes that's throwing it to a playmaker and letting him run with it. Um, but we still push it down the field. and uh, But we want to get out of the quarterback's hands quick. Completions, get it out quick. Um, take some pressure off our O-line. You know, the tempo helps the O-line in the run game in, and in the pass game as the game wears on. You help to wear down the defensive line so you run the football better. And, you know, they're not quite as gassed up to pin their ears back. Um, but I think just uh, it, it's a two-way street. It's a ph- philosophy thing. We, want, we don't want to hold it forever. But it's also the quarterback, you know, having a quarterback that knows how to go with the ball, is confidence, not thinking, and, and gets it out. And just almost like a point guard in basketball. Just be a distributor. Get the ball to the playmaker's. And let them go to work for you, and I think uh, that's what we want to do.
0: I think fans will might uh, enjoy this part of the conversation. It's always about the view. You have an interesting. I think you had interesting yeah. views. And uh, um, when you were with Auburn with, with Coach Miles, I know you said you're going to be on the field. You want as an offensive coordinator, yeah. you like to be on the field. But when you were with Coach Miles on, I thought it was interesting because he was. I think I have this right. He was at the line of scrimmage, and you were down the field, sort mm-hmm. of equal with the secondary, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a funny story. So back when, when Coach Miles, I got the, the head coaching job at Arkansas State in 2012, he took me to be his offensive coordinator. And that was kind of the first time that we were in that role together of head coach OC. And we'd worked together for a while. And so our first game, we played at Oregon. I think it was Marcus Mariota's first game. And overall, that wasn't a great experience for us. But the point of the story is I was going to start in the box because he, he's the head coach. He's going to be on the sidelines. And uh, about midway through the second quarter, we realized that wasn't going to work. And so I came down in the second half. And we really didn't have a plan, and I noticed he and I were standing right beside each other at the line of scrimmage, and it just didn't seem real efficient. So after the first drive, I ended up saying, okay, well, he's going to stand here. I'm going to go back and kind of look from the back end of the secondary. And it just gave us two perspectives. And, you know, with headsets on, we could talk back and forth, and he could see from that view, and I could see from the other view. And, you know, for a majority of our time together, that just ended up being what worked. Coach,
2: talk to us about your time at UConn. You spent time at Auburn and Arkansas State and in the south, and you go to UConn, and you really do a nice job increasing the numbers in points per game and yards per game and rushing. What did that experience teach you?
1: Well, I think, like anything, I think in offensive football, you can have an idea of what you want to do, but you've got to do what your players can do and it's great, you know, if I know something or want to do something, but if our guys can't do it or they're better at something else, you got to do what your players can do, and so that year was great because, you know, I went up there, and I think UConn had been one of the last, if not the last in the country in offense the year before, and, you know, we, we weren't great. We weren't real explosive, but we found a way to do what our guys could do. Um, I think we found a way to get those guys to play together, to buy into what we were doing, and I think we improved to about 49th in the country in total offense. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you go a lot of different places. You try to pull things from each spot, but um, a- each experience teaches something. But it, it, you know, that's that's what I'm excited about here. At Spring football is, you know, I've seen some tape of our guys. I've gotten it, but I want to get to know them get to know who they are, how they tick, and then, you know, those fifteen days in spring practice will be big for them to learn me as to get closer as a team, as a staff. But really I learn what they can do that way as we go into the fall we can try to, you know, tailor what we're doing to, to fit the strengths of our players.
0: Coach, do you think it'll be easier or is it easier, guess is the question, to recruit into this offense because so many kids want to play wide receiver?
1: yeah i don't think there's any question that kids would rather play in this offense than uh, a lot of the other ones out there i mean you look at the guys playing tonight i mean clemson runs the same offense we run you know uh, chad morris went there and installed it a few years back and he learned it from gus back in their high school days and so um look guys want to receivers running backs quarterbacks tight ends they want they want to play and they want the ball Hmm. and you know i think we averaged 81 plays a game this year ran over 100 plays twice in, in a game this year and You know, it's just very simple. The more plays you run, the more touches for your playmakers. And so I think guys see, you know, the opportunity to get more touches um, that you can have a running back with 25 or 30 carries and still throw it 35 times. I mean, that's pretty doable when you're running with some tempo because you're going to get enough plays and you spread the field and, and get the ball to guys in space. Uh, just to give him a chance to use the ability God's given him, and um, you know it's fast, it's explosive, it's exciting, and so it makes it a lot easier to recruit. too.
2: coach at SMU last season, you had a running back well over 1,200 yards, and this is <clears throat> a guy I think he was a a two star player coming out of high school, if that means yeah. anything anymore. But you you really yeah. were able to maximize his skill as well.
1: Yeah. We did. I mean, we had a team that uh, I think this year showed what what you can do on offense if everybody's on the same page, pulling in the same direction. Nobody cares who gets the credit. You got good balance. You know, I think there were six or seven games that we threw for over 300 yards, and I think there were six or seven games that we ended up having to rush for 200 yards because that's just the way the games went, and the guys didn't care. They just bought in. They just wanted to win, and, um, you know, Xavier Jones is who you're talking about. He had a great senior season, and A lot of credit to him and our coaching staff, but it all works together. You know, when you have good wideouts and quarterbacks, they command more attention. That opens up the running game, and when you have a good running game, that gives you a lot of one on ones on the perimeter. And at the end of the day, the defense can't do both. So, uh, you know, they got to pick what they want to do, and and we've got to be good enough to uh, to take what they're giving us.
0: Got to sneak this in. You have a uh, well. There's new offensive line coach, Coach Justice. How important is it that you guys share the same philosophy?
1: It's huge. I mean, I think. You know, probably outside of the quarterback-play-caller uh, relationship, the, the the coordinator and the, the O-line coach is very vital. Just because he's got those five guys up front, and that's a hard job. And uh, the fact that Garen has a lot of experience and tempo, he played for Rich Rodriguez back at West Virginia in the day when they were rolling with Pat White. Uh, you know he's played in some systems uh, with guys that I've coached with like Travis Trickett uh, at FAU and I have coached together running similar systems so he's played in that he was with Kendall Briles who obviously the Baylor system and tempo and so he believes in tempo he knows how to coach the offensive line to, to go fast and still be productive you know he's had a lot of success running the football which is a good thing and so you know I think uh I think he's going to do a great job building relationships with those guys up front, but just bring a lot to the table in terms of uh, alignment, in terms of what we're trying to do on offense.
0: Very good. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Look forward to uh, talking with you more during the off season, and uh, welcome uh, to Miami once again, and
1: congratulations. Joe, Don, I appreciate you having me on. I look forward to, to seeing a lot more of you.
0: Okay. All right, Coach. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Coach Rhett Lashley, offensive coordinator. Uh, Hey, I think your life just got easier. It did? (laughs) A lot easier. You know what I think? (laughs) I thought it was an inside joke. (laughs) You know what I think? I (laughs) might start laughing. (laughs) Um, I wouldn't be surprised in the the recruiting world if if he pulls a quarterback or two out of Texas. That's where the quarterbacks are. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks are in Texas. All those seven on sevens. So Blue might argue with me on this one, but I think the seven and seven on seven is more organized in Texas than it is anywhere else in the country, because I think it's organized by the schools, and uh, the quarterbacks are in Texas. So if you want to find a quarterback, you got to make a way in Texas.
2: I think. You have to go national at that position, Joe. I think Texas is is a proven place to to get great quarterback play. California, you know, Georgia, of course, of late. And uh, when when you think about what he was talking about, uh, you can tell he wants to run eighty or a hundred. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is going to work. I mean, it, it's going to. I'm not going to say it's going to work at the level. It's going to work week one, as it will week five and week eight and week twelve, but. He's going to run his place.
0: Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're going to have some, uh, how do I say this? Growing pains. Some guys better get their nose into the playbook.
2: Well, uh, they better get their nose in the playbook. But here's the other thing Manny Diaz made a great hire with Coach Freely in the strength and conditioning room. He made a great hire there. These guys thought they had to be in shape last year on the offensive oh, yeah. side of the football and defensive, right? Right. Conditioning has got to go up another notch. And there's no tapping out, you know right. what I mean? They, no, you they, get that,
0: you get that thing going 80 plays a game. you get yeah. it going the right way like some of these premier teams you might want to play a few 12 o'clock games in September.
2: Well but, but, but the other side, you're right, but the other side of it is before we get out of here is that you know you're not the starter. you know there's there might be three guys start the wide receiver spot. You might need nine. you're gonna get 30, 40 play, you know you could get divide that up you might get 30 plays a piece and they're, it's all out 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's really there's really no backside to this, right? I mean, it's just, everybody's scattering the field and they're looking for completions. I think it's going to be fun.
0: All right, good to see you. Appreciate you coming by. No problem.